Down in a lowly manger, our humble Christ was born and brought us salvation that blessed Christmas morn. So go, tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountains that Jesus Christ is born. It is my joy, my honor to get to be with you this morning to proclaim and to go tell it on the mountains, or at least go tell it on this stage. My name is John Weaver. I'm the director of the Wesley of Middle Tennessee. We're a student uh, ministry that is sponsored by Yomethus Church. We are your campus ministry, and we love that we are such great partners, and we love that we get to do ministry together. And as you all know, I love this church because this is the church where my family and I attend as well. It is a joy to get to be with you today. I'm thankful that we have this kind of season. Campus ministry is kind of two sprints with, with really big breaks in the middle. We, we're very intense from August to the early part of December, and we're really intense from early January through May. It's just we rush, and there's so many things going on, and then it becomes to like a halt. Usually these few weeks in December are great places for me to rest, to, to recover, to have an opportunity to really uh, spend time with my family. And, and, and just as it happens all too often, in these times of rest, I, I start building up all these things that I both want to do and would like to do, and I build up all these grand visions and expectations. And Ella often says, I really like the idea of who you think you are when you're on vacation. But the reality is not so. So for example, like in my brain, when I think about like Christmas family celebrations, there's a picture that I guess comes to me. I think it's gonna look something like this. Lovely and wonderful and sweaters and children and all this good stuff. But ultimately in my family, it turns out more like this. It's full, if you know what I mean. I have this image of, of this Tennessee Christmas that I want to look like this. Oh, yeah. But instead, we got this. Our, our Christmases are less Oh Holy Night and more Robert Earl Keen. Merry Christmas from the family. Our Christmases often are less, let's go tell on the mountain and more, grandma got run over by a reindeer. And silent night breaks away for, can someone bring me the toilet paper? What, it, what I expect versus what it is, sometimes there's a gap between those two things. And in a much harder way for for my family, for you, for your, our families, for our community, for our world, in a much harder way, Christmas also comes and hope seems a little far-fetched or hope seems a little frustrating. Our worry is our hymn. We stand in weary loneliness and we need rescuing. Sometimes we just got a name that on this Christmas morn that what we expect and what we get often are two different things. 
So today we begin to reimagine what we are supposed to expect from Christmas. So this is where, remember, I, I do things a little differently. I'm a campus minister. I get to be crazy for one Sunday and then y'all have to listen to me for a while. But this is where we're going to turn and talk to our neighbors and talk to our friends around us. Stay, stay as COVID safe as you can. But I have two questions that I'm going to give you just a couple of minutes. And those that are joining us online, feel free to type in your answers and put it in the chat. But I've got two questions. And the questions are to talk to your neighbor about what is something you didn't expect from this Christmas? What is something you didn't expect from this Christmas, but that happened anyway? The other question is maybe what is an expectation of your Christmas that was not met? So the two questions, what is something you didn't expect from this Christmas that happened? And maybe, and the other one is what is an expectation of your Christmas that was not met? Turn to, we'll have those up there. Turn to your neighbors, take a couple of minutes and talk about your Christmas expectations. Ready, go. I hope everybody got a chance to share a little bit. And if you didn't, make sure to continue to be a good neighbor. What's that? Y'all didn't? I know. Look at y'all. You got this big group over there. You have a lot to say. Well, so do I. So. Don't. Don't get sassy with a guy who's got a sugar rush and a mic. I love you so much. You know what? Alongside me, you're one of my favorite people. Um, <laughs> so so I, I hope you got, if you didn't get a chance to share, if you didn't get to finish, make sure to continue to be a good neighbor after the worship service and keep the conversation going. That'll be a great thing to do. Um, so I, I, I would tell you that 
there are, I would say, if I was to answer these questions, I guess the first one is, what is something you didn't expect from this Christmas? Um, and and let, me, let me start this story with a caveat that my dad is okay. Um, he's going to be okay. But my dad, actually, on the 23rd, my dad, uh, his name is Ray. They're watching online. Hey, Dad. Um, that uh, on the 23rd, as he was selling food at a farmer's market, he's a farmer, he actually fell out of a stool and, he, and he, he fractured his C2 in his neck in two places. And it was, yeah, it was super scary. We had a couple of days in the hospital, um, you know, one of those classic, like, I'm in a chair sleeping for like an hour kind of thing. But he's going to be okay. He's going to recover. He's doing really, really well. He even came down and like celebrated some stuff with us yesterday at Christmas. Um, so we didn't kind of expect that from our Christmas to have, a, to have an emergency room Christmas Eve kind of moment. Um, but, um, I will also tell you that there was an expectation that I was preparing my heart. Uh, There's an expectation that I did not think was going to get met, but then a Christmas miracle happened. The expectation is I love little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. Like, I mean, clearly like they are amazing. They, I, I, I don't know exactly what gold and frankincense and myrrh is supposed to do as a great gift but little if if one of the wise men or magi would have offered a little debbie christmas tree cake to jesus that would have been fitting for the king and i love these things and for weeks it's been hard to find them right i don't know who's hoarding them i don't know who's trying to keep this joy from me but it was well i didn't think i, I did not think that on christmas morning i was actually going to have a little debbie, and i was preparing to, I was expecting and preparing, and then I opened up this box, and I have found that in my time when I'm with my dad and mom in the emergency room in the hospital, my beautiful, amazing wife sends out to Facebook, and a college friend of mine had three in, his, in the hospital that he serves in Nashville, and they got to Mount Juliet, and then one of my former students drove to Mount Juliet to get these three Christmas tree cakes, and my wife and my boys wrapped it, and on Christmas morning, heaven came down one more time. All of that happened. But, but the truth is, we do create expectations around Christmas that are often just not met. Some of those are the nostalgic, like we're going to make sure that Christmas looks and feels a certain way and we get stressed out about these expectations not being met. But also, we lovingly and beautifully remind ourselves of the way that God is with us and we build up this incredible expectation of how God is going to move and how miracles are going to happen. And sometimes in just the most hard ways, it doesn't feel like they're met. On this Christmas morning, this first Sunday of the Christmas season, the actual first Sunday of the Christmas season, I want to take an opportunity to go back to see what our expectations should be. And that expectation is found, I think, at the manger. The title of this sermon, I've called it Mangering Expectations. Yeah, Trey, you're not the only one who can do wordplay. But it's Mangering Expectations. Because I, I think this is such an incredible moment that when we think about, since the beginning of time, God's incredible promise and hope for all of creation, God's promise was fulfilled at this manger, that it it built up for generations and all through creations, through many covenants, prophets, all of these moments builds up to this is how God came to be with us in a manger. And as the song said, a lowly manger. 
I think our expectations start to shift and we begin to understand so much more about this God who creates us, redeems us, rescues us, restores us, gives us light and life. We understand so much more about this God by seeing how God actually came. And as Trey likes to say, and I love this phrase of his, it's not that it just happened, but it happens all the time. God came in lowly, humble ways, different from our expectations, and God does that all the time. So let's go to the manger, Luke chapter 2. But we're going to start with verse 8. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8, we hear that the word of the Lord says, that in, the rain, in that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, and catch this phrase. This phrase comes up in Scripture so many times that God shows up, and the angel says, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy, for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you that you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste. Oh, I love that word. We went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds, they, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. And for that, we say thanks be to God. When we look at this story, we have probably gotten so used to this story that we kind of honestly forget how radical, how daring, how incredible this story really is. We can't imagine having a nativity without Mary and Joseph we can't imagine the nativity scene without the shepherds and leaving their flocks and the angels. It has become a story that we have learned to grow and expect. But in the moment of it happening, this is Jesus showing up beyond and in defiance of expectations. If we think about it this way, think about it here. It's an unwed woman who carries God. It's pagans from the east who recognize God and come. It's the workers of the field who first hear from God. It's a marginalized neighborhood that nobody wants to be in who welcomes God. It's God who chooses the lowly and the broken to rise. 
That's Christmas. That's what the manger reminds us of, that our expectations of what we have come to expect is not the way that God works. To let hope in is to allow God to do what God has done since the beginning and what God has done in the manger. To bring the unexpected and to even be in defiance of what we expect should happen. But in this story, as, as these expect, of this unexpected way that Jesus comes to the manger, when we look at the manger and we look at this moment and we hear that the shepherds have arrived, the shepherds are telling these things and Mary is treasuring and pondering these words in her heart, I can't help but think also about the shepherds as they left. Those shepherds will never be the same again. For what they have seen and what they have proclaimed and what they have known, they may have went back to their flocks because they want to take care of their sheep, but they did not go back as the same people that they came in as. When we meet Jesus, we should learn to expect, when we meet Jesus in our most low manger places, we should expect that we will be changed. And I would offer to you, don't fight the change that's happening. This season of Christmas, we are looking and wanting for these things that we can treasure and ponder, but that will ultimately transform and pass on. We should expect that. I, I, hope, I hope you had a chance to come to a Christmas Eve service, and if you didn't, make sure that is a priority for next year. My family and I, we were here at the early bird Christmas Eve service, and there were just a, several moments in that that I'm going to treasure and ponder, and ultimately, like right now, I'm going to hopefully pass on. First was this moment where Lee and Megan and their and family were lighting the wreath, and there was just, as things happen, the lighter thing would not work. It was that moment that it went from being kind of like funny, to then it went to being a little awkward, and then they're trying to figure out what to do. And then I think it was Megan just like brilliantly took one of the candles that we were lighting, our own personal candle, and she went around and lit all of them. I, I thought about how hard it is to find hope and peace and joy and love and how it's hard to connect those things in our daily life. But, oh, Lord, Jesus uses other people to connect those for us. I thought about Amelia Jones sitting right over here with us. The lights went dark, and first of all, she proclaimed it. She said, it's dark. And then Amelia Jones was sitting right over there. While we're singing and things are going on, she was running to the light of that tree. And I mean, y'all, she was running. Brandon had to, like, run to go catch her. Her dad had to go, like, run to go catch her. I thought about how many days for me it feels like darkness sets in so quickly. And I don't have the good enough sense to run to the light. I think about in the emergency room because I was scared for my dad and knowing if we're going to have surgery on his neck and what this is going to mean for his life and he's going to recover and all these other things. And my dad just, just, Having to say, I'm, I'm sorry, because I know this is going to, uh, this may ruin Christmas. 
I'm so appreciative of not a thing that came from the gospel, but it came from even from the Grinch that reflects it. I said, Dad, you can't stop Christmas. It's going to come anyway. I pray that I can ponder and hold these in my heart and I can pass those on. I pray that I can be what Charles Dickens said, that I will honor Christmas and keep it all year long. The shepherds who, come, who came to meet Jesus at a manger have kept Christmas for all eternity. Can you? I would also tell you this story for me reminds us that we can come to expect that the angels are gonna sing. That the angels are gonna sing. And maybe again in the Christmas Eve service, nowhere better than we got to see the angels sing when Lee said, come on down and sing in the choir. And you see people who, who came down who you could hear some people can sing, maybe some people couldn't. You see kids and you saw everybody else and they became the angels, the heavenly host that proclaims the glory of God. We can expect that the angels are still gonna sing. But, the, but here's the hard part about that is that the angels are gonna sing of the nature and the glory of God, but we can't expect that we and others are going to try to omit part of that message. In the 1880s, there was, a, there was a, an incredible thing that was omitted from O Holy Night. In the 1880s, which we know were our country, our 1800s, in the 1800s, we know what was going on in our country, and they would often omit verse three of O Holy Night, which says, truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love, his gospel is peace. Chains shall break, for the slave is our brother. And his name, all oppression, shall cease. What lines of your favorite Christmas hymn are being omitted in your life? What lines of your favorite Christmas hymn are being omitted in our community, in our church, in our country, in our world? What are we not singing? What are we not living out? I, I can't help but think about some of the songs we've sang in the last few weeks. He rules the world, the truth and grace, and makes the nations prove, and the glories of his righteousness, and the wonders of his love. Are we omitting that? Because it sounds like maybe God expects that. Hail the son of righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mildly he lays his glory by, born that no more may die. Born to raise the sum of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. That it's a thrill of hope that weary soul rejoices and that we should repeat the sounding joy. When we go to the manger, we need to expect the angels to sing. And let's not omit the good news of Jesus Christ. I would also tell you that when we go to the manger, we recognize that we once again sing for a long expected Jesus. But when we go to the manger, we should also expect that Jesus longingly expects for us. 
We, we sing and want and know and ask and pray and move, and we sit and say, Jesus, come now. I need you to show up. And the incredible thing is, Jesus does, or Jesus is already there, or Jesus is working in a way that's beyond what you could have even expected or in defiance of your expectations. But there's also the flip side of that coin. Jesus also ex longingly expects for us that we humbly and lowly come, that we spend time at the manger, we spend time living in hope, that we spend time partnering with Jesus so that we can, as a world, repeat the sounding joy. When we go to the manger, and there's an a, a artist rendering that I love, that when we go to the manger, it is Jesus who meets us there, who says, will you grow with me? Will you live with me? Will you let me be the light and give you my life? And will you partner with me to be the light of the world? I've, I've got a nephew. His name is Tucker Brown. Tucker is now 18. He's a senior in high school. And, but when he was, when he was little bitty, uh, when I was in seminary, this has been a lot of years ago, I would, a few days a week, I would get out of classes just in time to go pick him up from daycare, and Tucker and I would go on adventures. And when Tucker was uh, three or four, I picked him up from his preschool at First Methodist in Manchester, and I was like, hey, man, let's go to Walmart. Let's go buy something. You know, I, and, but I was expecting, like, we go to the toy aisle, and we go pick up whatever the toy of the thing or the month was. I just, that's what I expected. When we walked in, the first aisle we went down, there was flashlights. And he's like, I gotta have one of these. Really? Let's go to the toilet. Nope, flashlight. And he got one of those flashlights. You know what I'm talking about? Like the whole, the flashlight itself is like $3, but the big battery that goes in, it's like 96. He got one of those. Like, you put the thing in it and, you know, it's, it's what, like, you could use at a lighthouse on a main coast because it is so bright and it's so big. The, I swear, he probably weighed, I mean, the, the flashlight weighed half of what he did. But that's what he wanted. And so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a funkle. I'm a fun uncle. So let's do this. So we get this flashlight and he, he, he barely even let the person at Walmart take it from him to, like, scan it. But then we get in the truck, and he's looking at his flashlight, and he's holding it tight. And he says, Uncle John, let's go find some darkness. Let's go find some darkness. That's what maybe Jesus expects from us. We've been given this gift of light and life and love. And he's expecting us to be eager about going to find the darkness. We were reminded at the Christmas Eve services, we lit our candles and we held them up, that there is going to be darkness. Christmas does not change that yet. But that we have the light. And we are to share the light. And we're expected that the darker it is, the more the light will shine. The more that Christ can shine in us. The more light we can give. 
And the more that we have the light, the more dark we will often see, but we will shine our light, and the darkness will not overcome it. We have been given a gift on this Christmas day that we get to be the children of the light, the prisoners of hope, and amen to this, that the best of all, that God is with us. Expect that. Will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I give you thanks for this day. And I celebrate that we get to return to the manger time and time again, to constantly finding you there and to, that we have learned to let go of some of our expectations and to see how you actually move. We have learned, oh God, in this season, once again, to hear the angels sing, to treasure and ponder things in our heart and to hear how you ask us now to be with you, to be the light of the world. So Lord, let's find some darkness and never cease to know and to expect that the darkness will never overcome your light. We give you thanks for the gift of Jesus Christ. And we pray, oh God, that we may bless others with that gift in this season. We pray this in the holy name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said,